Welcome to the Nerd Tutorial Podcast, a podcast offering discussions on nerdy topics for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is your nerdy tutor, myself, George, and with me here today, soon-to-be quality fighter, fighter, warrior, hunter, ranger, whatever necessary class she wants to be, my mom. Good evening. <laughs> so, uh, last week we talked about Dungeons and & Dragons, and today we're actually going to build a character. So this entire episode is just going to be the process of building a Dungeons & Dragons character now. In some cases, if you're used to this, obviously this will be a quicker sort of endeavor. In other cases, though, it can take a little bit longer, if especially it's your first time, and we're going to kind of go through some of the process of making a character. But first, before we really decide anything here, we need to decide what kind of, which color dice you want. Oh, what color dice I want. So I've got options. Oh my gosh! Oh, we have all sorts of colored dice. So okay. okay. There are um, all sorts of options of dice here. Um... Some people now, like to use the where, same Where dice. do you buy the dice? You can buy the dice just about anywhere. I mean, I found this on Amazon as a five-pack for about four and a half, five bucks. What, what color have you got there? Those were purple. Oh, I am purple. Right. I am purple. Okay. So those are purple. I have a little pouch for them here, but I'm going to just stick the rest of this we here. We have purple. We have blue. And, the, and these are like very pearlized sort of marbly uh, mm -hmm. little suckers like... like uh, a bowling ball been uh, chopped in pieces. Not uncommon. Not uncommon for, for okay. coming for that. So uh, we have we have a six-sided, a four-sided. How many sides? That one ten. Is a, that is an eight-sided. Or is that? No, no that's ten. Just, that's a ten-sided dice. That's a ten. This is an eight. Yep, that, that one is an eight. Okay. And then you also have a, um, you should have two eight-sided dice. You should have a 20-sided dice and a 12-sided dice. Okay. So what I find doesn't come up all that often, although depending on which version of rules you use, it very well might come up more frequently than others. Okay. For today, we won't be really using a lot, uh, too many dice here. Okay. But we will be using, um, we will be using at least four D6 dice. Now, when I say D6, D10, D12, these are the dice and how many sides they would have on them here so okay so i'm gonna get my my six-sided dice yep okay and i'm gonna get you oh so four four of them okay yeah got so it for some of these so for some of the rolls that you need to do today we're gonna need at least four of these here today so so one of the things that i found interesting on friday night when i observed for a little while is that you can have guests drop in to Dungeons and Dragons, and play a, a a cameo role pretty easily. Yes, you you can. Some some campaigns are well designed, are fairly free form in which um, you are always starting a new adventure every single time. Um, so you're never. So you might have like a overlapping story, but everything's like a new adventure every week. Okay. Um, kind of not unlike a Star Trek episode, maybe. Well, they're on a quest. Yes. But they they come across different settings. Mm hmm. So that that was that was interesting to me because they did have a guest. Yeah. And she she fit right in, although she killed somebody's children, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I promise not to have that in my, that in my ver in mine here. Well, so. there, there was a there was a, war, a warlock who was collecting souls. Yep, that sounds like a warlock. Okay, so there's a warlock uh, collecting souls, and he um, adopted nine children, who happened to be 
um, um, parentless, orphaned. <laughs> so he, he adopted them with the idea that when he needed to, he could collect their souls. So some people are weird. <laughs> just a, that's kind of just the best way to put that. Okay. Um, sometimes some people have... Um, well, let's just say, you know, uh, interesting, interesting characterizations of how they want their, um, how they want their characters in some cases. Uh, well, they were orphaned and he feared they might come in useful later, but then she tried to rescue one of them and she killed him. Again, not uncommon sometimes. Um, again, some players will be a little bit more adventurous with how they how they do their characters, which is all based off the dungeon master's uh, appearance in some cases. Like, sometimes they'll be really out there and sometimes they'll be a little bit toned back. It's really at the discretion of your dungeon master in those cases to help you along to decide how crazy and how not crazy to be in some cases. So Okay, so, so part, one of the discussions we had before the game even started um, was um, two of the players had felt like they were a little too dominant for a while because they were both very active players. Um, and they actually had approached the, separately had, had approached the dungeon master with, with please don't take the story in these directions because it makes me too dominant and I don't feel like there's enough for the other, the other players are becoming somewhat passive. Yeah, that, that will happen from time to time where uh, people's characters can be, um, albeit unfortunately, um, railroaded, where uh -huh. some characters will get more stuff to do because their characters are maybe even a little bit more interesting or just the way the flow of the story has been they just become more interesting um it's up to a good dungeon master to try to have a balance and sometimes the balance is this week it's an adventure for this person next week it's kind of more of an adventure on this one here or constantly trying to use the advantages of the players to tell just a very generic story and not have it be focused on anybody's characters so and it was kind of one of those things where the quest was using was was the, the quest kind of put certain players at an, at an advantage mm -hmm. because of their skill sets. Yeah. So, so it was interesting to hear, hear that, that discussion. Cause I was asking them, so, you know, what, what is, you know, what is your, your basic thing? And, and the dungeon master is well liked by all, which apparently is the sign of a really good game. Yes. Yeah. Usually a good, again, a good game in most cases here is generally going to be one of those ones where, the GM if is usually working along with everybody for the most part. It's not always the case, but usually it's one of those ones in which a GM is highly is well liked, mostly because of uh, the benefits that. Well, how do I put this? He has a lot of latitude. They do actually. Um, a dungeon master at the end of the day is very much like a storyteller and narrator for yeah. like a play. Yeah. Um, and he's almost the playwright. Yeah, they're always the playwright again. They're the they're the George R. R. Martin of uh, of of the game, uh, you know, of the of the game here. They're the story writer, and then the characters are kind of in the stories, play out their roles. And it's up to the narrator to kind of keep everything in line and keep it going. Yeah. Again, when you when you're in a good environment here, your de your dungeon master will not only look after you, but also will put you in enough perils so that you don't die in some cases. And that's yeah, that's often been the point for some people. Okay. Alrighty, so. Um, so a couple things we need before we're going to get started here today. First uh -huh. off, we're going to need dice of various types. So initially, we're going to just use these 
four D6s here for some of our rolls. Okay. Um, next, we're going to want a character sheet. Now, for whatever reason, my printer decided to just be a butthole. It's a very technical term. Yeah. Um, but one of the nice things about the online games here is that uh, the online nature of oh, it there here we go. is that um, there are. Now, mind you, don't fill that version in because it's right, kind right, of right, right, book, But right. there's an example of it. Yeah, I get so, it. Okay. One of the nice things about the game, about being online and everything, is that there's a lot of stuff online. There's literally character sheets you can print out from the D and D um, website here that will give you the uh, that ability to do to go through that. There's also the ability to they have websites that are really designed to you just help you build it right away. Okay. And they have a couple different websites that just let you kind of go in put in your numbers in and automatically just calculate everything for you as well, which is very useful. Okay. Um, today, we're going to assume we don't have those websites here, but those websites are great additional things. D&D also has a, an, a service called D&D Beyond, which makes all their library of material available online like a subscription. Oh, that's, so, co that's so, cool. Okay. No, absolutely. And so, but because it provides a well a very large wealth of different things here like I don't recommend it initially if only just because uh -huh. um, again if you just want to play the base game the base game is perfectly fine you should look into that if you want to keep playing more or you want to keep getting um, new modules new things things like that here so are you gonna help me build a background here yep there there's okay. there's there's some background stuff built into this here okay uh, we have some scratch paper uh, pencil and paper, and obviously we need the player's handbook here. Okay. Now the player handbook is going to be the one that helps us kind of get through everything because we do need to know um, some characteristics about your character. Oh God, there's a lot of them. Yeah, again, okay. the entire again, the entire book could be very much summed up as, oh dear God, there's so many options. Why there's, are so many options? Oh my gosh. They, okay, why are there so many options? Because everyone's got a very active imagination and Tolkien was not... Uh, not quiet about all the different things uh, okay. that he he had imagined in, in his universe. So, okay. So, uh, first thing I recommend before you get started here is to kind of have a concept of what your character is. So, you this is the point in which you start trying to figure out, kind of figuring out what kind of character it is that you want to role play what kind of race that would end up being, and then what kind of class would end up being. Because that's going to help you out quite a bit throughout the um, story here, if only just to help you to help you figure out what to put points into and how to best do it. Now, we'll get to the whole points and everything and what we're putting in where here. So, But first, do you have like a an archetype or some sort of idea of a character you wanted to play? I want to be a tiefling. Okay. I want to be a, a tiefling with small wings. Tiefling with small wings, okay. Manageable wings. Alrighty. So I want to be able to flutter and, and, and hover, but not outright fly. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So keep in mind that tieflings do kind of get like a little bit of a penalty to charisma in some cases, because obviously they're unusual looking and very they, they get thought of as demons right away. Well, um, yeah, I understand, but I thought I thought a tiefling would be a, a cameo character that could slip in and out. They could, they could. So that's why I kind of chose a tiefling. Okay. But I understand they're de they're automatically presumed to be 
bad demons, but you could be a, a good a good chaotic. I was going to be a good good chaotic tiefling. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to go. Sort of a Q kind of thing. So kind of just like a, a somewhat of a little bit of a trickster, but kind of also a uh, just kind of like pop in and help and take care of stuff sort of thing. Well, and sometimes sometimes popping in to 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 sort of poke at people and provoke them to be to con, to make considerations. Okay. Can I can I be that kind of tiefling? Yeah, that's an option. Okay. Um, uh, alright, so Tiefling is a good class to go with here. And then, um, and then what kind of, um, what kind of class do you think that might be? Because that could be, uh, a number of different classes if you're trying to, uh, portray a Q-like character. Okay. Um, there's, uh, obviously... So a Tiefling is my race, right? That would be the, your race, yes. Okay. All right. So, so my, my class, isn't that where I decide that I'm good chaotic? No? Well, no. So that's your alignment. Uh, oh, your class, my alignment is good chaotic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and, and keep in mind that good chaotic is doing whatever they think is right at the end of the day. Not which necessarily is, what the other players think is right. Yeah, not necessarily what everyone else think is, thinks is right, but whatever you think is right. And you're doing yeah. it for, for what you believe are good reasons, which is right. very much of a... If you wanted to be like a Q from Star Trek, that would be the way to go. Yeah. Um, so, but you're so Tifa is kind of like who you start as, but your class is going to say like what your profession is, like, like in your case, accountant or property manager. In my case, hotelier. You know, so it's kind of what you're what you're well known for being at the end of the day. So in this case here, like, this might be a good character for. Um, a ranger or a fighter or even just a simple or even just a bard in some cases this, those might be good well bard I need to be able to sing I can't sing well you don't have to sing outright sometimes sometimes a bard also is just a musician that comes around you know they could be walking around with like a lute or a guitar just kind of playing and traveling around in some cases um, could, could I be a tiefling belly dancer you could do that have wings. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that would be a that would be an excellent choice in some cases. Okay. I'm right. gonna be a tiefling belly dancer. Alright. Okay. So we're gonna go with a bard here then. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. So now that we've kind of figured out um, what you want those kind of basic stuff here, we need uh -huh. to um, if I may borrow the book. So we're going to go ahead and start rolling some dice here shortly. So Okay. So let me go ahead and just Have pull Have a four dice in my hand? Yes. Oh, just a second. It's the name of the university, four dice. <laughs> Alrighty. So here's what we're going to go ahead and do here first. So you're going to roll four dice here. So we're going to throw what we're going to do here first is figure out your ability scores. Now, these are going to be a couple different numbers here that are kind of the basis for a lot of what your um, modifiers are going to be now. Okay. Um, That's my intelligence, my strength, my dexterity? Your Those. strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Um, these are basically what your stats are for the most part. Uh -huh. And they will they'll give you the ability to what they call, what they have, what they call modifiers to your, to your roles. 
Okay. So a certain score will give you a better chance of doing something versus a lesser chance of doing something. Okay. Um, and so go ahead and roll four dice. I'm, I'm a gypsy belly dancer, by the way. Okay. Challenging my inner share. Okay. Okay. So go ahead and oh, take, gosh. So go ahead and take the lowest number. Two. Okay. Uh -huh. So Okay. So we'll go ahead and take that one out of the pool and go ahead and add up the rest of the numbers and write that number down. Gosh, Doug, this is a really low roll. That's I'm okay. writing that down for what? Which one is, is this? Well, you don't. You get to decide that later. Okay. You don't, you don't have to decide that now. But okay. You can so I have of, a I have a seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and, and roll four more dice, and we'll do it. We're gonna do this a total of six times. It's a total of six okay. times here. Okay. For each of the I I see. Oops, sorry. Okay. okay. So this one here was a very good roll. Here you got a fifteen. Okay. All right. Okay. That yeah. was a good roll. Yep. Okay. Go ahead and go again. <laughs> There's a bad roll that got eight. That's an eight. All right. Okay. I don't want to be average. Oh, geez. You did you weight these dice? I did not. So in this case, we got another seven. Seven. I keep getting twos. Not bad. Okay, so this the one's thirteen. A thirteen. Okay. Okay. And one more. And one more. Yeah, not bad. Okay, so so this one was fourteen. So fourteen. Okay. So. Okay. And so one of the perks of being a dungeon master here is I'm going to let you re-roll one of those seven scores here. So. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. In this case here, you got a eleven. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. That's fair. Okay. Alright, so the scores we have here are 7, 15, 8, 11, 13, and 14. Okay. So what we're going to do here is we're going to go ahead and put this into some of the number. We're going to put this in, we're going to put these numbers of our choosing into the um, ability scores here. I think I'd like to up my charisma since I'm already sort of a... Uh, demon sort of person. We'll, we'll get to that here in just a okay. second. Here, let, me, let me flip to the bard section here so we can... Some classes have a natural proficiency in some stuff here. I can't imagine a teethling is very charismatic. They could be. They could be. Again, I mean, like, teethlings are naturally thought of as being... Um, a bit more evil, but as a tiefling here, you automatically get a additional point in intelligence, and your charisma goes up by two as well. So you those okay, those so get those get boosts here. So but so don't put so don't put anything in just yet. Okay. Okay. So all right. So um, basically, what this basically what your abilities here are going to boil down to are going to be or your ability scores are going to boil down to are kind of going to work out like this. So your strength is anything in which you would do running, jumping, punching, basically your physical abilities at the your some more or less your physical strength and abilities. Okay. Um, dexterity is going to be more like your agility, your grace, your kind of efficiency with your movement in some cases. But this is also a stat that works more toward um, ranged weapons, so like a bow and arrow or crossbow here. Okay. Uh, your constitution is your health essentially. It's your 
ability to take a punch, withstand pain, poison, things like that. Okay. Uh, the next two, next three kind of get a little confusing here, but think of intelligence as your ability to recall information. Okay. So if you... To retain things. Yeah, to retain knowledge here. So okay. like you, you could be... Um, so if you have like a high intelligence, you might know a lot, of, a lot of things in books and be able to pull them up at like kind of a moment's notice here. Okay. Um, wisdom, though, is more of your perception, your natural knowledge. Intuition? or Kind of like your intuition a little bit, but it's more or less your ability to um, be aware of your surroundings, common sense, things like notice that. Notice things, okay. Yeah. And then your charisma is going to be your self-confidence, kind of how your personality kind of works to your favor in uh, conversations and roles, things like that. Okay. So, um, so in our case here, we're going to be a bard. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as a bard, how would you like to fight? Because bards kind of have the ability to kind of be um, a little bit of everything here. They have proficiencies in simple weapons, crossbows, swords... Um, and they're primarily using dexterity and charisma as their saving throws. We'll get more into the saving throws and weapons and things like that here. But um, this is going to be one of those classes here where um, if you're using a sword, you're going to use your strength to to attack with that. There's some swords that allow you to which allow you to use your dexterity. Uh huh. Um, so in this case here, what I re recommend here is to have higher dexterity, I think. Okay. So if you want, so what if, what you can do here... Can I have a dagger? You can use daggers, yes. Like you're not, daggers. you're not great at them, but... Oh, okay. But, but you could also use like short shorts, short shorts, which are like... Shorts. Which are a little like maybe a foot and a half to two feet long swords. Okay. Which... Can work out in your favor well, here. I'm trying to figure out what would work well with having wings and being able to hover. So if I have wings and I'm able to hover, mm -hmm. um, and, and I definitely think I need dexterity to be able to fly well, um, am I better off having having um, archery skills so I could? Well, you can have you can have both. You can you'll be you can get both a sword and a bow and arrow if you want or. In this case here, what they're what they're good at are hand crossbows. Oh, so these okay. are like you know like your yeah. typical. Ch -ch -ch -ch. Okay, so I'm those are options there. I like so in this case, I might crossbow. put. So in this case here, what I might do is I might put your fifteen score into your dexterity. Okay. Because um, you would be a naturally more graceful, elegant person, you know, more. Oh, and belly dancer has to be. Yeah, very yeah. graceful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and then so. Um, now you already get a plus two to your, uh, charisma here. Um, so what kind, you know, does your, does your bard character here, do they know a lot of songs? Are they well traveled? Have they been to a lot of places? Well, she's a, she's a gypsy belly dancer with wings. Okay. So she might've been to a lot of places. She's I might. A lot of places. But she might also be very much aware of her surroundings here as well. So what I might do here is I might put your um, I might put one of your other stats here into wisdom here. So this might be like the thirteen or fourteen stat here, because okay. this would be something in which you know if you're well traveled, especially as a gypsy, 
this is going to be um, a benefit to you because you'll be well aware of your surroundings. You're going to probably want to know. You're probably going to be able to suss out, oh, hey, that's the good watering hole over there. That's the good tavern over there. These are people I shouldn't deal with, I imagine. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm good with that. I'll put my 14 with the wisdom. Okay. So we'll do 14 for wisdom. Um, tell me more about your, uh, your, your gypsy tiefling dancer. Okay, so my, my gypsy tiefling dancer travel, travels around with a, a band of gypsies. Okay. But, but she's kind of a wanderer and a little nomadic, so she, she frequently changes which bands of, band of gypsies she's traveling with. So you never know where she's going to go next. She's pretty independent. Okay. Um, she's, would, you, would you say she's, well, she knows quite a bit or can recall a lot of stuff here by chance? Or uh, would she be a really good drinker at a bar maybe? Um, we, she's good at putting poison in other people's drinks. Um, okay. Um, she's she's um, she's a good talker. Okay, so we might put one of those points here into charisma then, which is a great way of using your personality to kind of help you out here. So um, since Christmas already plus two, should I make it the eleven? I would might put might consider the eleven here to give yourself because again you'll get bonus points to charisma in this case, mm -hmm. um, naturally for being a tiefling. Yeah. So that might work out to your favor here. So we'll okay. say, so right now we'll say that your charisma is going to be eleven for the time being. Uh huh. Um, next, what we next what we got to kind of decide here is that we got a thirteen here. We have the option to put it into either intelligence, constitution, or strength. Um, now, keep in mind, two of our rolls here were a 7 and an 8, so those would be things that we don't, that we're not great at here, necessarily. Um, so what do you think she may not be great at here? I think one of those things might be strength, maybe? Well, I'm just going to put the 7 on strength, because do I need to be real strong if I'm mischievous? Well, you might be, again, if you're mischievous, you don't necessarily have to be strong, but, um... You do have to be able, in some cases here, like, you won't be able to, like, carry your own suitcase, maybe, or um, if there's a situation where you need to push something, you're going to have a more difficult time doing it. Okay, so others. so if I if I make that eight and I make constitution seven? So keep in mind or, that or Or do I, I mean, how intelligent do I need to be? Well, again, I mean, Intelligent is plus one. So, again, remember, your intelligence is your ability to recall information here. Um, so if it's one of those cases here where how, how, how are you able to recall information here? And then that might be for a belly dancer here, knowing sort of different things about the areas or different sort of dances, or that might be just knowing more about people in general. Well, here. if she's traveled a lot, she probably ought to be real intelligent so that she can recall the things she's traveled and seen before, right? Okay. So, so, so that would be the thirteen, which would give me a total of fourteen for that. Okay. Which me, which makes my const. If I make the strength the eight, then it makes my constitution a seven, which means I die easy, right? Well, you're a lot more squi You're a bit more squishier, but I would put the constitution. I would put the constitution as the eight, and your strength at seven, because you're not. Because again, um, depending in this case here. You may not necessarily... Um, well, I'm, I'm a pretty enough belly dancer that the other guys will carry my stuff for me. There you go. There we go. Alrighty. Alright, so... Kind of a seducer. There you go. So, um, so one of the things we need... So, one of the things that once we figured out our 
class and our uh, race here, we get to kind of start adding in some of the features that we have of these two classes here. So let me flip back to the tiefling here. So tiefling, so these are going to be features and traits. You get more of these over time, and some of them will be kind of given to you based off what you are. Uh -huh. um, so a tiefling in this case here is going to have the ability, ability score increases. They increase your intelligence by one and your charisma by two. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and say that instead of having a um, 13 for your intelligence, we're going to say 14 here. And is that a pretty average score? Because I just rolled that dice so low. Now, now keep in mind, a 10 is an average score. Okay. 10 is average. Now, okay. if you're above 10, you're better at this kind of stuff versus okay. if you roll under 10. If it's under 10, you're less good at this kind okay. of stuff. So this is the case where your constitution and your strength are going to be a little bit lower. So she's okay. a she's a well-traveled um, tiefling belly dancer, but she might be a little bit weaker in that particular case, okay. more more fragile maybe. Okay. Is a better way to put it here. Um, so one of the so one of the traits we're going to have here is your age. Is that tieflings mature? Um, so let's see, tieflings have age. They mature at a slight at the same rate as humans, but live a few longer years. So your okay. age so your age might help you out here in this case. Okay. Uh, alignment tieflings don't have, might not have an innate tendency toward evil, but may en may end up there. Evil or not, independent nature inclines many tieflings toward a chaotic alignment. So, this is a good example here, where like you're traveling on your own and you are, um, or you're traveling with a group here. So your chaotic good nature good nature makes it so that you do whatever you think is right, um, kind of how be everyone else. Well, you know that's that my independent. Uh Independent nature there. So, um, your size here is medium. So again, if you were a dwarf, halfling, or gnome, you'd be of a small size. Um, if you were a uh, orc or a dragonborn, in some cases, you'd be a much larger size. In your case here, you're average and medium in nature in size here. Okay. So that might um, may or may not come up. Um, you have an average speed of thirty, which means you, you walk at about the same pace as most humans okay um so, you so know, should i be writing all this down i'm, I'm gonna write most of this down for you so I, my speed is 30 mm -hmm. and i'm in medium size so now you do have some now here's where we get to some fun stuff here so what you have you do have dark vision oh what is that what does that enable well it means you can see in the dark at nighttime here. because i dance around the firelight so you've heard the song right mm-hmm so thanks to your infernal nature and your infernal heritage, you have superior vision in the dark and dim conditions. You can see dim light within 60 feet as if you were as if it were bright light, and in darkness as if it were dim light. You can't discern color in darkness, only shades of gray. So um, think of it as like if you're in a dark room, uh -huh. um, any light that's in the room you, that comes out as being as, in the, as if it were bright for you. But you can't necessarily tell the color of it necessarily. Okay. So like if you walk into a dark room and there's like a little bit of like moonlight coming into the room, you you are able to see pretty good inside the room still, even though other people wouldn't be able to see inside the room naturally. Okay. Um, you also get hellish resistance, which means that you have a resistance to fire. Ooh. So you all right? So hellish. Assistance. Maybe I should have been a dragon lady. 
Let's see. You also have Infernal Lineage. Now, <laughs> what does that mean? So you know something. No so basically, this is kind of the thing where, um, yeah, we were saying beforehand how Dragonborn have a natural ability to kind of like breathe some, breathe like yeah. a fire or yeah. ice or poison in some cases. Yeah, a Tiefling in their Infernal Legacy. You know the Thaumaturgy Cat Trip. When you reach third level, you can cast the Hellish Rebuke spell as a second level spell. Once this trait and ability in once with this trait, and regain the ability to do so when you finish a long rest. When you reach a fifth level, you can cast Darkness spell on this trait and regain the ability to do so when you finish a long rest. Charisma is your spell casting ability for these spells. So. Tieflings kind of come with some natural um, abilities here. But I need a long rest in between. You would need a long rest in between. And usually a long rest is a day's rest in most cases. Now you can okay. do short rest, which is after a battle you kind of like huff and heave and you're like... <sighs> sort of thing. And you can get some health points through that. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and just... But I can't cast the spells with that. In, well, again, some spells, some spells are going to. Let me just put this on. So we got infernal lineage. Um, some spells are going to be. Um, how do I put it? Um, as a bard, you kind of get you're kind of again a dra jack of all trades, not necessarily yeah. a master of any. Um, so you have kind of a well access to a lot of spells here. In some cases, you don't necessarily even have to take spells in some cases um, but you have the ability to kind of um, cat trip is going to be one of those things where if I remember correctly that you um, more or less kind of have an ability to kind of seduce people a little bit which is kind of perfect for you, for you. so let me just again this is one of those things 201 perfect So a cantrip is a spell that can be cast at will without using a spell slot, without being prepared in advance. Repeated practice is fixed spells in the caster's mind and influences influence the caster with magic needing to produce effect over and over. So basically, uh, basically a cantrip is going to be able to help you do your spells better. Okay. So think... Think of it in that. Think of that in that case here. So, alrighty. So let's see what else. Languages. You can. So natural languages here. You're going to be able to do both common and infernal, as your languages. So I'm going to go ahead and just put that in. What What is infernal language? That's the demon language. Okay. Does that come in handy? It can. If you're reading like a book that oh. might be written by the Infernals or you're around other Infernals here, you might be able to kind of, you, you might be able to listen in and hear what they're saying or if you are pulling When I'm dancing book, around the campfire. Yeah, or, you know, or in some cases here, um, if you happen upon a book that's written in Infernal, that's something you could read. Which Very might cool. be... Which, okay. Which might be a benefit to you here at the end of the day. 
Let's see if they have anything else. Nope, no other. So those are their major traits here again, um, which are again I think the ability increases are going to be are going to be great options here. Okay. Alrighty. So now let's go ahead and look at our class here and see if that see with what else that gives us here at the end of the day. So let me go ahead and pull up the bard class here. Alrighty. So. So, reading from the bard, I'm just not, I'm not gonna read all of it here, but. Humming as she trances her fingers over an ancient monument of a long forgotten ruin, a half-elf in rugged leathers finds knowledge swinging in her mind, conjured forth by magic of her song, knowledge of people who consider the mo momentum, momentum, monument, and the mythic saga it depicts. So. True bards are not uncommon in the world. Not every minstrel sings in a tavern or gestures chemically in a royal court as a bard. Discovering, a, discovering the magic hidden in music requires hard study and some measure of natural talent that most tr trollbouts or junglers lack. You know, there's some unique words here that are not common. Okay, got it. <laughs> it can be hard to spot the difference between these performers and true bards, though the bard's life is spent wandering across the land, gathering lore, telling stories, and living on the gratitude of audiences, much like any other entertainer. But a, depth no a deep knowledge, knowledge, a love of musical skill, and a touch of magic sets bards apart from their fellow fellow entertainers. Only rarely do bards sell in on one place for long in their natural desire to travel to find new ta tales to tell, new skills to learn, new discoveries beyond the horizon. Makes an adventure career a natural calling. Every adventure is an opportunity, practice a variety of skills, long entering forgotten tombs, discovering lost works of magic, deciphering old tomes, traveling to strange places, and encountering exotic creatures. Bards love to accompany heroes to witness their deeds firsthand. A bard who can tell an awe-inspiring story with, from personal experience earns renown, renown among their own, other bards. Indeed, after telling so many stories, these heroes accomplish many deeds. Many bards take these themes to heart and assume heroic roles themselves. Okay. So. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah. So, even the book here says that your dexterity and your charisma should be your highest stats here. So. Oh, okay. So, good. So, we're there. Yeah. So, we do. So, we already. So, we're already there. Again, we got a. Uh, we already upped your charisma here to 15 because you were a tiefling and your intelligence is a 14, but your dexterity here is a 15. So these are all good stats here. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Do they get anything other special here? They don't get any. They don't get any bonus to any stats here at all. Oh, okay. That's okay. So, um, so remember how I spoke about modifiers? Yes. So, um, basically, what your stats offer you is modifications to your future roles. So I'm gonna kind of show you here real, real quickly. Okay. So you can see here. So based off of what your scores are here. These are going to kind of help you decide uh, what your ability scores were. These are going to decide um, 
what kind of modifiers you get to some of your rolls here. Oh, there we go. Okay. So in your case here, because you have a, for example, here you have a dexterity of 15, you get a plus three to any sort of dexterity sort of abilities. Uh, same thing with charisma. Your charisma is also a natu- a 15 here. So you get a bu- three, you get a three point, you get a plus three to those. So basically what will happen here as an example, um, your dungeon master might say roll a d20 to uh, roll a roll a d20 here to see if you can um, talk your way out of a fight and when you talk your way out of a fight here um, your your ability here to be naturally charismatic will say oh I got a I got a sick or I got like a 12 plus three makes it a 15. Right. So it helps you kind of make the, the rolls better here in those cases. Okay. Um, it certainly comes into favor when you're doing, when you're using your uh, weapon attacks here. Um, so that it will uh, also uh, naturally um, help you in those cases here as well. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. I don't do this all that often here, but I have everything well written down. That's okay. I, I have admittedly never played fifth edition. Well, and 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 I mean the other part of it is you you create your characters once. Well, you can create your characters once, but sometimes some people make multiple characters over time. I know some people who, when they rejoin the same group again, are much in your case a traveling character that kind of just gets introduced for each 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 uh-huh. ga- new game, and so they play a different character every single time. Oh, okay. They might reappear later on as again, like if you're a traveling bard or a ranger in the same forest here, like you might reappear, reappear, reappear with them, but not necessarily all the time. I was kind of, I was kind of entranced by the idea that um, that you could have sort of visiting players because the, the person I saw play was visiting from out of town. True. But she had played before and fit right in. Kind of admired that. Yeah. All right, so... So we're going to fill in a couple of your other stuff here. So okay. we're going to go ahead and... So at level two, you, at level one, you have a basic proficiency of plus two, which means that... Um, so am I filling in my level square then? Not necessarily. Again, I, I'm going to have most of the stuff written down for you here. Okay. So, um Let's see here. What did I say was coming up next? So we filled in some of your feet, your feats and traits here. So as a bard here, uh-huh. you do receive a cat trip, which means you know two cat trips of choice for the bard spell list. You can learn additional bard cat trips. As what what is a cat trip? Again, this is this kind of helps you casting your spells later on. Okay. Um, so spell slots. The bard's table shows how many spells slots you you. You you have to cast your bard spells at first level and higher. To cast one of these spells, you must expend a slot of the spell's level or higher. To regain an expended slot, you must go for a long rest. So basically, like, some spells, like fireballs, you can kind of only do, like, once or twice a day. You can't go, like, all out with, all out with them. Okay. Now, so I'll, now, again, that'll kind of differ between your dungeon master in some cases. Um, but not always. Um, okay. So you receive, at level one, you do receive the ability to do spell casting and so you get spell casting 
And you get uh, Bardic Inspiration. So it can spell cast. What is Bardic Inspiration? I'm glad you asked. So, you can improve others through stringing woods or music, or in this case we'll say dancing. Okay. Uh, to do so, you use bonus actions on your turn to choose one creature other than yourself within 60 feet of you who can hear you. This creature gains one barder, uh, bardic inspiration die a d6. So essentially, um, what you can do here is you can, um, in your case, maybe dance or sing in some sort of way that gives another player that's around you an extra d6 dice to roll. Now, do I get to choose the other player? Yes. Okay. Yes, you. It could be any player, any any person within uh, sixty feet within. 60 and feet and that you. extra roll would would allow them to roll a higher score. Yes. So we'll okay. be able to add to their score here. So, um, so, so, so Ming could use me for my roll. Well, <laughs> just, so I mean, ideally, what you would do here with this is that you might um, inspire another player that's with you to, you know, want to want uh, to inspire them, thus wanting to protect you more. Maybe so. Okay. It might be one of those cases here where, like, if another fighter is with you and they are swinging a sword here they might swing a sword even better knowing that they're protecting you or that you that they've been inspired to want to okay. help you um, okay. it might also be a situation here where like you sing to a wizard here and it gives them such you know like you're singing like it's like oh inspiration I know exactly what to do here and they do their spells even better okay. so they get extra extra dice in that kind of cases Okay. Once within 10 minutes, the creature can roll the dice and add the number to their ability check, roll attack, or saving throws. So you can, like, um, you're saving... Th you know, let me go ahead and explain each one of these here so these all make sense here. So an ability check here is going to be... Um, basically, when you go to do something here, this could be anything from lifting a box to... Um, to throwing a dagger, to uh, casting a spell, or swinging a sword, um, or just seeing if there's like traps in the way, or somebody's like pickpocketing you. You want to? You're gonna have to roll an ability. Uh, you're gonna have to roll to see if you catch this. Okay. Um, usually in this case it's a d20, which is a very popular dice for this. Okay. And the bar and the uh, dungeon master here would say, um, basically, you tell the dungeon master what you want to do. And the dungeon master figures out, okay, well, that's probably, you know, like, okay, you want to convince somebody that you're, you know, that you're, like, the best singer in you're the best dancer in town right now. That's a charisma sort of thing, because that's your self-confidence. Right. So you would say, okay, roll, roll for charisma, and then you would say, let's say you roll a 12. Uh-huh. You add plus three, because you're charisma modifier, so that's how you get that, that's how you do that um, ability check here. Okay. Now, an attack roll is somewhat similar. You do you have to uh, roll a certain um, amount here to do to see if you. Um, basically, the way attacking works is that um, you got to first roll to see if you hit. Then somebody rolls to see if they if you dodge, and then you can figure out damage. So 
Okay. What might happen here is that if you dodge an attack, you, they don't hit you at all. You're able to kind of move out of the way. Okay. Um, but if you're unable to dodge, then they do. Then they actually get a hit on you. And then depending on your armor, you have to figure out whether you'll take damage or not. Okay. So if you're wearing, How do I get armor? Well, you get armor later on. Killing. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you some armor here later on. I feel a little vulnerable with my wings. <laughs> so yeah, so you can only have kind of one bardic uh, inspiration at a time. So you can really kind of only inspire one person at a time, so... Okay. Um, now, initially, what we're gonna initially what you'll have is you'll have a D six that you can offer to somebody here. So basically, they get an extra D six to roll. Okay. But later, later in versions of this here, so at like level five, it now increases to a D eight. Okay. Um, at level ten, you get a D ten. At level fifteen, it's a D twelve. Okay. So in theory, what somebody might end up doing here is they might roll like a two or a three. Uh huh. But later on, if you if they roll if you at later levels here if they roll like a twelve, then boom! All of a sudden they get they get like a, you know they get a fourteen, which might pass the the hit check here in that case. Okay. So like it comes in really it comes in really good advantage. So you can't do it on yourself, unfortunately, but you can make other people more stronger or more likely to hit. Does that mean other people want to be your friends so that they can take advantage of that? Okay. Yeah, no, and I've had some cases where some bards, um, people bribe other bards just to get that uh, bonus. I'm, I'm good with that. So. I can be bribed. Alrighty, so let's see what else. Um, you can feature the number of, you can, this, you can use this feature a number of times equal to your charisma modifier, a minimum of once. So in this case, you can inspire three people, it would seem. Okay. You regain any expended uses when you finish a long rest. Your bardic inspiration die changes when you reach certain levels here. So in this case here, what it seems like is that you might be able to use it three different times. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not a permanent thing. So it's not so... Um, so, like, if you give it to a fighter for this one roll, they don't get it for a later roll. It's, it's a one-time only It's thing. kind of a one-time... It's, okay. it's kind of like a one-time... But I could give it to somebody else later. Yes. Or I could give it to him later. We can give it to him three times if you want. Three okay. different roles, but okay. um, it's all based off your charisma mod modifier here, which is a okay. plus three at this time. Okay. So that's how many times you can use it here. Okay. Um, so you have one of those. I'm going to put a three next to you, next to it here on your character sheet, so you know you can use it three times essentially. Okay. All right. Next, let's go ahead and talk about your hit points. So your hit points are how much damage you can take before you um, are going to need a lot of help to get back up. Right, you really need healing. Yes. So, um, so your hit points at level one are your or is eight plus your constitution modifier. Now, in your case here, your constitution modifier so is a negative modifier. one. Yeah. So in your case here, you only have seven hit points. Not great, but it's still decent. Um, and then at later levels here, you get a, you get one d eight plus your constitution modifier. So um, basically, don't keep in mind that like at later levels here, you can roll like a d eight. If you get like a three or four, you can add that to your, you can add that minus minus your modifier minus one. Okay. So if you get like a four, that turns into a three, and you can add that three to your hit points. So you get. 10 hit points instead of 
just the seven here. Okay. So don't worry too much right now about having low hit points. So it's always something that will that you can get, can get better at. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and put that as seven for the time being. Um, now your proficiency is your natural ability to be good at stuff, um, and at later levels here you get more proficiency in your abilities here. So as you build skill, as you build skill and stuff. So okay. your proficiency will tell you. Um, kind of um, how well you, how good you're, you're at stuff here, or how much better you get at stuff. Okay. It's only what you're proficient in. So in your case here, you're proficient in light armor, simple weapons, uh, the hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers, and short swords. So if you're using one of those weapons here, you get a natural, uh, you, you'd be proficient in it, so you get an extra roll in it. Okay. So if you were using, again, like a, a rapier or a short sword, um, when you go to roll, mm -hmm. you would get an extra plus two to whatever you rolled here in that case. Okay. Need something to regret in just a second. It is very warm today. It is very warm today. And it's going to get warmer this weekend. I was very surprised how warm it was when I woke up today. Ah. All righty. Um, so in your case here, uh, you gain proficiency kind of much quicker than a lot of other people do. Okay. Because I have a high dexterity score? Uh, no, no, just because the bard okay. kind of learns that way. Oh, okay. So in your case here, you have a plus two proficiency right now. Um, and that, again, will only get better as time goes on. Alrighty, so... Um, and again, I might be saying cantrips <laughs> incorrectly here. That's okay. Um, cantrip is a spell that can be can be cast at will without having using a spell slot or without being prepared. Repeat practices is fix the spell. A cantrip starts a little. What does it do? That's what I'm trying to figure out here as well. Although, it seems like the Dungeon Master ultimately decides what anything does. Yeah, usually. Just saying. Um, let's see here. You know, two, two cantrips are known as a bardic table. I will have to figure out how cantrips work next time. Okay. Because, again, this is one of those times in which um, you could read through this book like here for, like, ages and still not really quite figure out how everything works. Nope, got it. Um, at least without a, without a lot of uh, history here. Well, how are you spelling it? C-A-N-T-R-I-P. So kind of just as it... Just as it can uh, trip. Yeah. So just I, as I, I can trip, especially if I wear heels that are you know greater than three inches. Me too. This is true. You have worn heels greater than three inches. Yes. It was quite weird. It is a different thing. Ah, okay, so two cantrip here, basically, if I'm reading this here correctly. Repeated practices is fix the spell in the caster's mind and infuse the caster with the magic needed to produce the effect over and over. So basically here this means that you can cast the spell twice. Okay. Before you can't use it again here. Okay. So that's beneficial here, so like if you wanted to... Um, 
cast like a fireball, you could do it twice before um, taking a long rest. Before you would need to take a long rest here, absolutely. So. Okay. Let me take a quick read of something here real quickly. Yeah, so basically it would seem that um, it's how many times you can use a spell. Okay. So, is that similar to, because that gets re-mentioned here in Sorcerers, Warlocks, and um, Wizards here as well. Okay. Okay, so let's see here. So next we're going to go ahead and pull out your uh, skills. Okay. So, um... As a natural character, you get to choose any two skills that you want. So this can be anything uh, from acrobatics, animal handling, arcana, which is magical knowledge, um, athletics, which is your ability to kind of like swing around and stuff, uh, deception, history, insight, intimidation, um, which is kind of your ability to kind of uh, intimidate somebody into doing something you want. Um, As opposed to persuasion? Uh, which is something that, uh, which is something later on. Okay. So intimidation might be if like you're an orc, and you want somebody to do something, you might intimidate them into doing it. Versus in your case as a tiefling, you might want to use persuasion, as you might want to talk somebody into doing oh, a it. Yeah. Um, but you can also learn investigation, which is like your ability to kind of like learn something about an area or a scene of crime or. Or in some cases, let's say you're reading through books and you're trying to suss out information. Okay. Uh, medicine, kind of like your ability to kind of like use natural herbs and medicine to heal poisons. Well, isn't or that limited to to um, like warlocks and magicians and? No, no. All this you again. I've I've seen people who, in your case here, like as a bard, like this is all stuff that might naturally come to you here. Like so you oh, okay. might. So. Um, and I get to choose two? You get to choose two naturally, and then you get to choose another three um, that will um, that you get as a bard. Some some classes get natu get um, can choose uh, two two here that they get in otherwise here. So as a for example here, a barbarian gets to choose either animal handling, athletics, intimidation, nature, perception, and survival. Along with two others that they come with their natural, with their that they naturally get to okay, choose. Okay, that are inherent. In your case, the here though, you get to choose any three. I get to choose any three. So my my choices are are animals, medicine. Well, I'm going to show you the. So I'm going to give you a, let you see this here. So it's basically, um, you see where uh, where it says skills at the very bottom of the the, the list yeah, here. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So now, mind you, the brackets in the in between there though are your, um, are what, um, helps you with that. Well, I'd like to have sleight of hand. Sleight of hand might be useful. I think that goes with me. Okay. So in this case here, remember, you can pick any five that you'd like. Any five? You can pick up the five, because you get two with your, you get two naturally with your, with your, that you get to be naturally good at anyways, or. Okay. You know what, let's just go with three for the time being, because I think okay. that one comes from your background. 
Okay. So you can pick three. So sleight of hand. Um. Performance. Okay. And and um, deception. And deception. I tr I'm trying to decide between perception and deception. Perception would allow me to tell when somebody's lying. Well, so um, perception is your ability to kind of like gauge the world around you and notice stuff. So like with a high perception, you might be able to quickly notice, oh, there's actually seven people in the room, not six people in the room. There's somebody hiding here in the room or... I sense somebody else is here, or um, maybe it might be a case of I, you know, I'm looking around and oh, hey, I see a shiny object in the ground. I see extra gold that's just lying about, you know, things like that. Your perception is your ability to kind of perceive the world around you. Um, it works well with wisdom naturally. So if you were to get perception, is your ability to kind of notice stuff better. Deception, though, is your kind of um, Deception, intimidation, and persuasion are kind of all in kind of the same sort of bit here. It all depends on like how you convince people to do what you want them to do, or convince them that um, you are what you are. So, like if you were deception, like you might trick them into thinking, "Yeah, I'm the greatest dancer that in the world's ever seen." If it's intimidation, you might intimidate a person into thinking, "I'm the strongest guy here. You're going to do what I want you to do." And then well, okay, so 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 then, what was the, the other one was pers persuasion. persuasion. So pers persuasion is your ability to persuade somebody to do you know to talk to somebody into something you want to do. You might that might it sometimes gets confused a little bit with deception here, where deception is you're willingly lying to somebody and trying to convince somebody that you're not lying. So that might be great for like a trickster sort of character in which, you know, you're trying to get a person to do something that you want them to do by lying to them about it. So deception here might be like, yeah, if you come with me, this this dungeon has totally lots of cool gold and has this great sword that you really want as a barbarian. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know, that'd be decepting them into it versus persuasion. You're not telling a lie. You're like, no, really, you should come with me and you should vote for this guy here. He totally wants to make America great again. Okay, and, and perception would be... A perception is your ability to kind of like notice stuff about uh, notice stuff. It could also be noticing some things about people here too, like it might be noticing if somebody's lying or somebody or that hey they're really kind of darting their eyes around while they're talking to me here. They might be really intimidated by something or they're clearly looking out for something else. Again, this is going to be all stuff to keep in mind that this is kind of what your character is naturally kind of good at. Okay, yeah. so so right now I have sleight of hand. Yep, sleight of hand. So you may be kind of good at like slipping your hand in and taking somebody's money, uh -huh. or, or taking even their beer or their drinks and nobody noticing. Um, performance, which uh, performance, I'd have to double check on here to see what that does. Okay, because it, it seemed to me if I'm going to be a dancer, I should have performance. It, I would think so. Let's see here. Performance comes in with charisma. Well, 
179. Okay, so performance. Your character's performance checked determines how well you can delight an audience with music, dance, acting, storytelling, and any other form of entertainment. So yeah, this is probably going to be a this is that's probably a skill that you definitely want to take. Okay. You're basically it'd be your ability to do something and then get an audience to like like what you're doing. Will they pay me for it? They can even pay you more for it, even if they okay. with a high score like this. All right. So, so I want to have. I so I, I want to have that sleight of hand and and uh, and performance. And it seems like if I have sleight of hand, then I should have deception, so that the sleight of hand can work with deception, right? So your deception, your charisma deception checks determines whether you can convincingly hide the truth either verbally or through your actions. This deception can encompass everything from misleading others through ambiguity to telling outright lies. Typical situations include trying to fast talk a guard, con a merchant, earn money through gambling, pass yourself off in disguise, dull someone's suspicion with false assurances, or maintain a straight face with telling a blatant lie. As for persuasion, when you attempt to influence someone or a group of people to tact, social graces, or good nature, the DM might ask you to make a charisma check. Typically, you use persuasion when you're acting in good faith to foster friendships, make cordial requests, or exhibit proper etiquette. Examples of persuasion in, uh, persuading others include convincing a chamberlain to let your party see the king, negotiating peace between warring tribes, or inspiring a crowd of, a crowd of town folk. So again, like deception is kind of like you're lying to make people do what you want to do versus... Persuasion is saying is you be you in good faith doing what you're doing to get people to do what you want them to do. So I think deception is kind of the better way to go here. I think. I think I um, sleight of hand, and I like the idea of, of the combination of sleight of hand and deception. Yeah, and those would work out well because again, if you were able to sleight of hand is going to be your ability to kind of like a pickpocket to pickpocket somebody something off of somebody. Um, but then it's also going to be... Uh, I, and I could deny I had it. Precisely. So whenever you attempt an act of manual trickery, such as planting something on somebody, concealing an object on your person, or make you need to make a sleight of hand dexterity check. Did you, uh, I also check to determine whether you lift a coin purse off another person or slip something out of another person's pocket. So yeah, that seems like, a, so that seems like something that would um, be ideal for a gypsy to like be able to like take coins out of somebody's pocket or to, um, you know, conceal that they are doing something or they have something on them, you know, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I like that combination. Yeah, so that could, that'll work out well. Okay, so we've got, so so your skills here are going to be what add to your proficiency. Okay. So in your case here, because you have deception, when you go to roll for anything that requires deception... You get not only your dexterity modifier, which is the little brackets that are with it, right? But then you also get your proficiency bonus as well. So even if you never get any better dexterity ever again, your proficiency will always go will go up every so often with your levels. Okay. So you'll naturally get better at deceiving people and and things like that. Okay. Same thing with your performance. Even if you are never get another point in charisma ever again, you will still get you'll still get more proficient in it, which means that you'll get better at, at your performance. Now, keep in mind, with the other skills here, just because you're not taking them as your proficient skills doesn't mean you wouldn't be good at those still. 
Okay. So as for example here with history, you already get you get your intelligence modifier to modify that. So it'd be a plus two in that case. Okay. Um, and with perception or persuasion, you still get persuasion again. You still get your plus three from charisma, so you can still persuade people to do stuff. It's just that when you're lying to somebody, you're better lying at somebody. So, which again, okay. like, might come to the point here where, like, let's say for example, here you want somebody to, um, again, like you, let's say you go to a king, you go to a to a chamberlain here, and you're like, hey, we really need to see the king for this reason here, you, your difference might be whether you persuade them to do it versus de deceiving Outright them. Outright lying it. to them. And, yeah, like, and, you know, like, we yeah. really need to see the king, the force is in danger, and that force in danger might be true, or it might be a lie. And if it's true, then it's persuasion versus, if it's a lie, it's uh, deception. Okay. If that makes sense here. Yep, got it. Alrighty, so we chose some skills. Mm -hmm. uh, next, we're going to go to our background. So our background is kind of what we were before this. Uh, and you have a couple different options here. Um, let me go and just flip to that real quickly. So the very beginning. Choose a class, hit points. We're describing your character. Your background is kind of what your character was before they became an adventurer in most cases here. Um, what if I've always been an adventurer? Yeah, I mean, there are some... Uh, let's see. 125 is the better place to get to that here. Again, this is a great reason why you should have your a dungeon, a, a, a rule book with you. Yeah, player's handbook yeah, I totally get comes it. in very handy. Okay. So backgrounds. Every story has a beginning. Your character's background reveals where you came from, how you became an adventurer, and in your place in the world. <coughs> God bless. Excuse me. Um, your fighter might have been a courageous knight or a grizzled soldier. Your wizard may have come, may have been a sage or an artisan. Your rogue may have gotten in a thieves' guild or a commanding audience as a trickster. Choosing a background provides you with important story cues for your character identity. The most important question to ask is your background is, what changed? Why did your character stop doing whatever you whatever you were doing in whatever your background describes to start adventuring? Where did you get money to purchase your starting gear, or if you had money, to, or if you came from a wealthy background, why didn't you have more money? Did you learn skills or if of your class? Set you, what sets you apart from other people? So it's kind of a primer, kind of like to describe your character, much the way the alignment system kind of describes how your character has kind of interacts with other people. Your background kind of helps decide um, more or less kind of what you were beforehand. And there's a couple different archetypes here. Um, that they lay out. So one of them here is an acolyte. You have spent your life as a, serving as a temple to a specific god or patron. Um, other ones here might be a charlatan. Um, you have always had a way with people. You know how to make them tick and how to tease out their hearts. Desires in a few minutes of conversation with a, with a few leading questions. 
Can you have him read him like a children's book? Um, you might have been a criminal, an expert, an experienced criminal with a history of breaking the law. You spent a lot of time around other criminals. Uh, they have one here, an entertainer. You thrive for an audience. You know how to entertain them and inspire them. Your poets, uh, poet, your poets uh, can stir the hearts of those who hear you and awaken grief and joy, laughter and anger. Um, let's see what else they have here. They my, have, my mother was Scheherazade. Yeah. Um, you have a guild artisan. You were a member of an uh, artisan guild, skill, skilled in particular fields of closely associated with other artists. So if you were like a blacksmith or a, a tailor, things like that. Um, if you were a hermit, you lived in this, uh, seclusion and you lived a sheltered life in a monastery or on your own. Um, you were a nobleman. Uh, you understand wealth, power, and pillage. You carry a noble title. Your family owns lands, collects taxes, wields significant political influence. Uh, you were an outlander. You grew up in a wild, far away from civilization, civilization and the comforts, comforts of town and technology. So you're more of a nature sort of person. Um, a sage. You spent years learning uh, the lore of the multiverse. You uh, scoured manuscripts, studied scrolls, listened to great experts. Kind of a good thing if you were a wizard, I would presume. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. If you were a sailor, you've uh, sailed on a seagoing vessel for years in time. Um, you have a soldier. Each uh, an urchin. These are grew up in the. You grew up on the streets alone, orphaned and poor. You have no one to watch over you or to provide for you. Uh, basically, what each one of these backgrounds do, does here is it gives you. Um, kind of a basis for what your character was before they got onto this adventure. Because again, in your case here as a traveling tiefling gypsy, you know, how did you, you know, why is it that did you suddenly decide to help these other people all of a sudden do a quest, or why did you decide to start adventuring versus just continuing to be a gypsy here? Um, and what your background here is might ha will also give you a couple extra bonuses here, so... Um, as an example here, if you're an entertainer, you get a, you get the natural skills of uh, acrobatics and performance. So you could, in your case here, since you already got performance as one of your skills, you get another skill instead of performance. So you would pick um, another skill at that point. Or if you were a well, then can can I have both deception and persuasion? But again, you get to choose which one which one you want here. Okay. So you don't you don't have to be an entertainer naturally, but. You may have come from a background in which you were um, a charlatan, you know, like you were like a, you know, you know, as a gypsy here, which might make sense. You have your way with people. You know how to make people tick. You can tease out their hearts. You know what people want and you deliver or rather you promise to deliver. Oh, okay. That works out well. That's okay. Yeah, that sounds, and that obviously is deception and sleight of hand. So you get the, those would be good skills that you kind of already get. Um, but you also might be, you know. Maybe as a tiefling here, you were a nobleman. Your family owns lands or something like that, and you decided that you don't want to be a noble anymore. You'd rather be, you know. Well, I was I was going to say my 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 family uh, was going to marry me off to somebody I'd never met, and I didn't want to marry them, so I ran away. And that might be a noble here, you know. So I, to, I, I that could that could be a noble. Grab, here grabbed too. grabbed all the jewelry in the uh, yeah in the house and ran off. Yeah, and that's 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 not uncommon here again. Uh, Let's see. That certainly sounds, again, like, I think for your character here, which is kind of, um... Although a charlatan works, too. Well, again, I mean, like, 
again, I mean, like, how how would you describe your how would you describe your tiefling here, your your gypsy here? How would you describe her? Like, where did she come from? She's beguiling. Um, she's beguiling, and and originally I was thinking she ran away because her her father was going to marry her off to somebody she didn't like. Or okay. Um. So, well, how so she long, comes how, from a noble family, but she's having to dance for a living because she doesn't uh, have any money. Okay. Uh, okay, so if she was a noble, let's see here, noble, noble. And, and what, what changed that she wanted to join this quest is because she realizes she won't always be young, and at some point she's got to make her, make her uh, way in the world so that she won't always have to be a gypsy dancer. Nice, okay. So, um, one of your so uh, your background again comes with some proficiencies that you naturally get here. Okay. In your case here, if you were a noble, you get a you get skill proficiencies in history and persuasion, um, which would give you which would make it so that whenever you need to persuade a person to doing something, you can you you would essentially get to add your proficiency role to that. Okay. So, um, but you already have deception here as well, so. Having both is not a bad thing, but usually most people pick one or the other in some cases. But it's not bad to have both. I mean, okay. Um, but you also get a you also get to use your proficiency for your history as well. So if okay. you wanted to, so you would know kind of like the nature of land and the knowledge of kind of stuff that happened around you in some cases here, because you in your case here you were a noble. Of course, you would have known like the what was happening in the lands around well i would have been educated which explains why i'm so intelligent and wise yeah and so you would get a bonus roll for not for um, those kind of checks here okay um you get to learn an additional language um you get a type of gaming set which is kind of a um, when you go to play games with somebody here you're like you're really good at playing this game okay so if you're like a gambler or um, sleight of hand here might be like with uh, cards here might be your ability to gamble with cards here in those cases. Um, and then you also, naturally, you also get a, um, you get some nice clothes, you get an extra, you get a nice like, kind of like ring, royal ring of your family. Um, you get a scroll of pedigree, which shows that you've got like, you're from a noble house or you're a noble in some sort of way. Um, and you get like a starting extra 25 gold, which is not bad in some cases. Okay. Um, and then as a feature here, you get a position of privilege. Uh, thanks to your noble birth, people are inclined to think the best of you. You're welcomed in high society. People assume you have the right to be wherever you are. The common folk make every effort to accommodate you and avoid your displeasure. And other people of high birth treat you as a member of the same social spirit. You can secure an audience with local... Uh, See, that doesn't work at all with being a gypsy, though. Yeah, that and so yeah, this is part of the reasons okay. some of our times read into this. Um, okay. Let's so, so, so then, do I want to be a charlatan? So let's read into the charlatan here. Um, the charlatan here. Uh, so they get so they get natural skills in a deception of sleight of hand. Uh, they also get a forgery set and a in disguise kit here, so you can disguise okay. yourself as somebody else. Okay. Um, but you can also forge documents and things like that so i get to choose two new skills since those were ones i already had yes okay um the equipment you get a fine set of clothes a disguise kit tools of the con for your choice um so like again you get like weighted dice or a deck of marked cards or um you might have a ring that's like an imitation of like for a duke so you mm -hmm. might be able to pass off that you're like 
Oh yeah, no, I'm a son, I'm a daughter of a nobleman. <laughs> See? Yeah. And people might be like, oh, well, that looks legit, even though it's not. Okay. Um, and you start with an extra 15, 15 gold. Um, some of the, uh, your, what your feature, what your initial feature you get here is called false identity. You have created a secondary, second identity that includes documentation, established acquaintances, and disguises that allow you to assume that persona. Additionally, you can forge documents, including official papers, personal letters, as long as you have seen any examples of any similar documents you are trying to copy. Well, I've, I've well traveled, remember? Yeah, so again, like, that might be what aids you as a gypsy here, is that you're able to just kind of, like, naturally convince people and disguise yourself, and especially if you need to kind of, like, you know, get out of town here quickly or do some nefarious stuff here. Okay. Um, for for clarity's sake, I want to do the entertainer here as well. Uh, okay. These have, uh, get a musical instrument of your choice, you a favorite admirer, like a love letter, a lock of hair, or a trinket. You get a costume... Um, an extra 15 gold. Um, you get a disguise kit and one musical instrument, but it's kind of like if you're a disguise kit, kind of like a thespian almost. Okay. Maybe. Um, they get skills in acrobatics and performance. Uh, their feature is by popular demand. You can always find a place to perform, usually in an inn or a tavern, or possibly even a circus or a theater, or, or even a noble's court. As such, as such a place, you receive free lodging and food at a modest and comfortable standard, depending on the quality of the establishment. And as long as you perform each night, in addition to your performance, makes you something of a local figure. When strangers recognize you in a town where you have performed, they typically take a liking to you. So this might also work as a gypsy here, because you can basically go to any inn and say, hey, I'm going to perform for you, and they'll give you free room and board. So I'm not having to pay to... Uh, not paying to live in places in some cases here. Okay. Um, but it also might make you a local figure in the town. So, like, as as your performances get well-known there, the more days you're there, you know, people might take a liking to you. It's like, oh, yeah, that's the tiefling that dances for us. Yay, we love the tiefling. Yay. Fans and things like that. Which well, Devin, how do you disguise yourself if you're a tiefling? I mean, if you're a, a, an entertainer, though, if you're popular. Well, again, like, a disguise kit doesn't necessarily mean that you... Disguise that you're not a tiefling, but just kind of disguises that you are not that tiefling everyone's thinking about. Okay. So. Because the wings are hard to hide. Yeah. And again, the, this might give you a bonus to, and, and again, think of these backgrounds as what would be what would be ideal for your character. Okay. Um, and again, I mean, like, I think the two here would be, like, the, the, for your characters, basically. Um, oh, there's also Folk Hero, but... I didn't see that one here. Folk hero, you come from a humble social rank, but you are destined for much more. Uh, already the people in your home village reward you with their, with as a champ. And this is more like a fighter sort of thing. Yeah. All right. But probably not yours. Okay. So uh, it's really between a charlatan and a performer. That's in your, in an entertainer. Uh, so an entertainer, entertainer or a charlatan. It all kind of basically differs down to whether, in your case here, um, are you acting in good faith or are you acting in deception? Well, I'm chaotic good, mm -hmm. but I might have to deceive people to get there. Yeah, well, again, you're, you, when you go to deceive people, you're deceiving people because you believe it's the right, you're, whatever you're right. doing is right. Yeah. Whether it is or not, you know, by the standards of law or anything, you're doing whatever you feel is right at the end of the day. So that might be, um, like Robin Hood is an example here. 
he believed in you know stealing from the rich and giving to the poor because he felt that was the right thing to do regardless of whether the people liked him or not for that yeah so in your case here as a gypsy you're you're kind of traveling around doing good things but that may not necessarily be what the people want you to do or might not be ideal for what the people would prefer you to do um so again like a charlatan would work well on this for deceiving people and do doing what you want them to do but an entertainer would be like the good faith version of basically like doing those same things yeah so um again the, the choice is yours as far as what your how your character would um interact with other people again like an entertainer again does get free room and board um in some cases here um again which is their which is their feature here but again a charlatan um basically has a false identity so you can kind of you know in the case here like in like robin hood like you might be able if you were a charlatan you could kind of walk into a place and be like you're robin hood is like no no i'm i'm charles the second it's like really he's like yeah see here's paperwork saying i'm charles the second and like i'm fine with being a charlatan okay all right so charlatan here already gets um skills in deception and sleight of hand so i'm gonna go ahead and just kind of put that in real quickly so you get to kind of choose um, two other skills here because charlatan... Okay, and you said I don't really need persuasion because I've already got deception. Yeah, so I mean like... It, so, what, so what are my other skills here? My other choices here? Let me show what you. Are some, what are some logical... Let's see here. Some logical choices. Okay. So, um, so you have... Um, so let's see here. So some of the things you might also want to learn is survival because that might be survival. Keep in mind is more about survival in the wildness, wilderness. So um, knowing what fruits are ideal to eat versus what which mushrooms are not. Starting a fire, living out on your own. Um, does your does your tiefling like mostly hang out around towns? I would presume. Yeah. Because that's where the people are. Okay. That's where people are. Um, so. A skill in um, history might be useful because then you might know the history of the town and how better to deceive it. Um, insight would be your ability to kind of read people. How, how does that change from perception? So perception is your ability to see stuff around the world. Insight would be your ability to read people. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I, I, so I think I want perception. Okay. So again, I, I think perception works well with deception yeah so perception again your ability to kind of view the world and everything happening around you in it um again um you might know athletics here or acrobatics so you might be a more naturally graceful in movement maybe um and your your acrobatics might be that you're able to like swing from stuff better or dot or maybe even move around some stuff or even dodge in some cases well what if i chose history because i'm so well traveled you could do that too would that work? That would work. Okay. Sounds like a good idea. Okay. Alrighty, so um, so the two you get naturally from your background are going to be deception and sleight of hand. And then you also get, and then we're also going to take performance, perception, and history um, as your three other skills that come with your class here. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, perfect. And so... So we got our background down. Now alignment, again, we, we chose chaotic good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, again, keep in mind that your alignment is not a hard, fast, set rule all the time. Okay. Um, it's more of a sort of passive sort of thing here. Okay. Um, not really rules, they're just guidelines. Guidelines, absolutely. So, um, so in your case here, you're going to get... So there's also another thing called passive uh, wisdom. Mm-hmm. This is also just kind of your natural ability to kind of just kind of uh, uh, see what's going on around you. Okay. So you're gonna get a bonus for this as well. Okay. Everyone, everyone gets a passive perception. Your bit, your perception is more of a, I want to see if I recognize this or see this in the area, and you're like able to identif- immediately identify it. Um, but your passive uh, wisdom here is gonna be again, it's gonna be what's happening here is your ten plus. Your profession skill modifier, which is already going to be, it's already going to be like fifteen, which is awesome. Oh, cool! Okay. Because again, it's your charisma, which is your, uh, or excuse me, it's going to be fourteen. Excuse me. So your perception is your wisdom, which is plus two, uh-huh. and then because you have, um, as you're taking as one of your known skills, it adds your proficiency adds to it. So that's already a four for that, and then so that's what you get your passive uh wisdom from okay so um this is going to be one of those times in which um the dungeon master might say everybody with a passive wisdom of 13 is going to recognize that you know there are that there are probably traps in this room or that um something seems amiss okay stuff like that here heads up to look further precisely yeah so uh let's see here uh, let's see. Proficiencies. Let's see, you can get a proficiency here. One of those times in which I had book, I had page markers here, so I can say, like, oh yeah, this page. Okay. So, let's see here. Skill proficiencies. They take a false identity, so I'm going to go ahead and put that in your features here, that you have okay. a false identity. identity. Yeah, I have the also that I can forge. Yes. I have to have seen it, seen the signature before, though, before I can forge it, right? Well, you might have to seen the document here. So if you're in, like, a random town and you see, like, a wanted poster, you can copy that wanted poster and basically, you know, make it pass it off as if it's a true forgery. So you might be able to, like, if you catch a, if you catch a criminal here, or like, or just grab somebody off the street and say, this guy's a criminal. See, there's his, I have his wanted poster right here. See? And everyone be like, yep, that looks legit. He's a wanted man. We'll pay you the money for it. And the, and the guy might be like, no, I'm not that guy. And you're like, it looks the right, it looks like the right paperwork for it. What are we doing? So you could be a bounty hunter. You could be a bounty hunter in those cases here, too. Cool. Um, so... For D&D here, the 5th edition here, to help with the role play, they added something um, known as uh, secondary characteristics here. These are personality traits, ideals, bonds, and flaws. Um, What's interesting is that they give you the option to kind of just like roll a couple of these if you wanted to. Okay. Um, You don't necessarily, but you could also just make them up yourself here. So... Personality traits might be like, I fall in and out of love easily, and I'm always pursuing somebody. 
Uh, flattery is my preferred trick to getting what I want. Well, flattery is my preferred trick to getting what I want. Okay, so we'll just put, we'll just go ahead and put that one in real quickly here. Um, let's see, flattery. That works so well with my deception. <laughs> because you're going to believe it when I tell you you are the sexiest man I ever met. <laughs> ah! Alright. So. Love at first sight. So ideals here are kind of like what your natural ideals are. So those might be... Um, can also be kind of dependent on your uh, alignment here, which in your case is chaotic good. Uh-huh. Um, so charity, I distribute the money I acquire to people who really need it. Um... You might be creativity and never run the same con twice. Um, friendship, uh, material goods come and go, bonds with friends, friendship lasts forever. Uh, ooh, independence, I'm a free spirit, and no one tells me what I do, tells me what to do. Um, and um, it's uh, aspiration, I'm determined to make something of myself. Like those are just, like good ideas of like ideals. I am, I am determined to make something of myself. Okay. So bonds are um, going to be kind of how you interact with other. Um, I fleece the wrong person and must work to ensure that this individual never crosses paths with me or those I care about. Uh, I owe something to my mentor or horrible person who probably rotting in jail somewhere. Uh, I come from a noble family and one day I'll reclaim my lands. Uh, a powerful person kills someone I love. Someday, someday soon I will have my revenge. Um, somewhere out there I have a child who doesn't know me I'm making the world better for him or her um, I swindled and ruined a person who didn't deserve it I seek to atone for my misdeeds and might and never never be able to forgive myself so these are kind of like my name is Earl okay. <laughs> yeah basically yeah. that last one there basically I'll, I'll, be, I'll be that okay um, I swindled her and ruined a person who didn't deserve it yeah so your GM might ask you more about that you know might so, so they can so it might be able to be of use later on here. So in your case here again, I'm going to go ahead and... I swindled the person, and, and they didn't deserve it. And then your flaws. So this is one of my favorite things. Again, this is what I, I use a lot of cases here. Um, it's a great way to kind of distinguish yourself in a certain way here. Okay. Like this is, like nobody is a perfect person at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and a flaw really does help um, add to your character so that way people know, like, oh, yeah, I'm a decent kind of, you know, I have a flaw, this is what it is. So it might be something worth playing off of here. Okay. In this case here, um, an example here is, I can't resist a pretty face. I'm always in debt. Um, I'm convinced that no one will could ever fool me the way I fool others. I'm too greedy for my own good. I can't resist swindling people who are more powerful than me. Or I hate to admit it and will hate, hate it for myself, but I'll run and preserve for my own hide if if the going gets tough. I am that last one. Yeah. Okay. Because in real life, I'm so not. No, 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 no. I'm Allows you to live in an alter ego. In there indeed. All right, so we got some good inspirational sort of stuff here. Um, now, initiative. Now, initiative has already been figured was already already kind of figured out for you when you put your 
uh, stats in the stuff here. Okay. So um, in your case here, um, everybody's a little different in how they dis how they distinguish their um, initiative here. So let's pull back up the bard real quickly. Okay, so the bard doesn't get any sort of bonus to um, your um, initiative. Some classes do. Like, you might yeah. have an ability, like, I believe the barbarian has, like, a heroic jump or, like, a charging ability, which lets them add to their initiative so they get to go first sooner. Okay. Um, but think of initiative as um, who does what when during a, during a turn. Okay. So a higher initiative means you get to go first. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody will get a turn eventually, and then when it starts again, you get to ch you'll be the first one at the top to get to go first. Okay. So it, it, those will determine that that kind of stuff here. So in your case here, um, it's going to be whatever your dexterity modifier is. So it's going to be a plus three. Okay. So you get a plus three to initiative. So whenever you uh, roll a d20 here, so go ahead and pull your uh, 20 sided dice here. It's going to be the bigger one, yeah. Yep, so go ahead and roll it. So let's say we roll it for initiative. You start with a 20, but, now, so, but then you have a 23. Okay. So you would basically... That's a lot of, in, that's a lot of uh, initiative. Yeah. So basically you'd be the first one to start a fight or um, the first one to do anything in a fight. So I'm the, I'm the one who throws the first punch. Yeah, in, the, in this example here. But if you rolled like an 8 here, for example, if you rolled a 15, for example... Then you'd be 18. If somebody rolled a higher number than you, they would get to go first, and then you second, third, or fourth. Again, normally, the higher the the roll, the better chance you have of doing something first. And in some cases, like especially if you're like a um, a spellcaster uh -huh. or a healer, uh -huh. um, the sooner you get to do stuff, make me might make the difference between whether people live or not. But also might also mean that like, let's say for example here that like you're the last person to heal. Uh huh. Um, you get the chance to watch your comrades get hurt, so then you can be like, oh, I'm going to heal Todd, and then next turn I'll heal Frank, okay. assuming he doesn't get too much damage. Okay. So you can kind of prioritize it. Okay. It's just, it just matters who goes first. Okay. All right, so next we get to, next we get to talk about equipment. Okay. So there's two ways to kind of do equipment here. Uh, one of which is that you get like a basic starter set version, Mm -hmm. Or you can roll for gold, and then you get to spend gold accordingly to buy your equipment. Which would which would you suggest? Um, for starting with, I would just uh, do your basic equipment here. Okay. <coughs> I think it's the easiest way to do it here. Um, the gold way of doing it here might be if you want to. Um, specialize your character a little okay. bit more. Can I have a crossbow? Yeah. Okay. As long as I can have a crossbow, I'm happy. Well, let's take a look here. So, um, they have a couple different starter stuff that they start with here. So, uh, one of the things they get to start off with here, they get to have either a rapier, a longsword, or a simple weapon. And now, mind you, a simple weapon is usually sort of any sort of weapon that doesn't really um, require too much of a um, skill to use here. So this might be... Um, short sword? 
Uh, no, actually, swords require a. Um, oh, okay. Yes. So, um, in this case here, a simple weapon might be a dagger, a club, a hand axe, a javelin, a mace, a staff, a spear, stuff that's relatively easy to use in most cases. Okay, so if I've got wings and I can hover, mm -hmm. then then it would make sense to have a javelin or a spear, right? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep them, so, uh, so again, you get you can you can get a rapier, a longsword, or a simple weapon. Um, now, if you get like a rapier, um, this is what's known as a finesse weapon. So, what basically what it lets you do here is instead of using um, in most cases here with most melee with most weapons here, you'd use strength to use it. A finesse weapon lets you use dexterity or strength. Okay, so I want to do that. So you might yeah. So a rapier strong. might be useful for you because. Um, you can use finesse to. Um, what is a rapier? Um, on guard. Fencing. Yes. Got it. So that's kind. Of, that's basically what a rapier is at the end of the day here. Okay. Um, you. The other option here is a long sword, but that is a. That's kind of a two-handed big. It's kind of a two-handed sword. You can even use it still one-handed. Uh huh. Uh, but with your low strength here at the end of the day, it's not really ideal for you. Okay. Um, or you use a simple weapon, and again, a simple weapon, like a dagger, um, would also use finesse. Uh, but they don't do a lot of damage in a lot of cases. Okay. Um, and yeah, in your case here, like you're probably going to want to go with a rapier. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. Yeah, perfect. Uh, the other option here as well is you'd rather you also have the option to do a short sword, which basically is the same kind of sword. The, the, old, um, the only um, ad, the only real difference this here is that um, it's a light weapon, so the light weapon is small and easy to handle, making it ideal for fighting with two of them if you wanted to use two of them at a later point. Um, as for rapiers, a little bit heavier really might have really, really meant for you to just one handed at a time. Yeah, but but I can use my dexterity with it. Yes, you can use with either one. You can use both a short sword with dexterity because it's also a finesse weapon, or your rapier with uh, your dexterity. So you have the choices there. Well, okay. If I'm dancing around a firelight, then I probably want to use a short sword. But okay. We'll say we'll say short sword. Easier to hide under my skirts. Yeah. And again, this is one of those cases where your um, dungeon master will kind of help you give you some wiggle room for some of this stuff here. Okay. Uh, second item that you get here is you get a diplomatic pack or an entertainer's pack. Um, basically, like, a diplomatic pack will do you better for kind of uh, interacting with more nobles and things like that versus... Um, more nobles and more business people, guilds, things like that. Um, as for an entertainer's pack, which is kind of like, keep in mind, this is all basic stuff you kind of yeah. have on you. Uh -huh. um, so an entertainer's pack might be more um, ideal for like, oh, hey, yeah, these are my maracas. And oh, yeah, this is a, a sign that I can put out real quickly, you know, things like that. Um, let's see if I have a, if I can pull a good example of it here. Well, I think a diplomatic pack, because if I'm going to be meeting people and I want to charm the pants off of them, I want to be able to do that. Yes, no? 
True. Uh, let me read one out. Let me read one out for you here. So a. So a diplomatic pack includes 39 gold, includes a chest, two cases of maps and scrolls, a set of fine clothes, a bottle of ink pen, lamps, flask oil, five sheets of paper, perfume, sealing wax and soaps. So would yeah, so that'd be a good one here. Um, an entertainer's pack includes a backpack, bedroll, two costumes, five candles, five days of rations, a water skin, and a disguise kit. So I think if you're trying to trick people, the diplomatic kit might be the better option. Yeah. Okay. We'll say that. I want you to be able to dress dress me up and take me uh, into places so I can work my deception. Absolutely. All right. So let's see here. Keep in mind, you can also um, get other stuff here as well. You don't have to rely solely on this kind of stuff here. Again, you are starting off with some additional gold here. Okay. The diplomatic plaque includes an additional, some additional gold in it here. 39? Uh, yeah, I believe that's what I quoted. In addition to my 15? Yes, that you get for uh, for being a charlatan. Yes. So right now we're going to just kind of round up and say you have 55 gold okay. here for the time being. So I'm just going to put a 55 in here just to be safe. Which will allow you, if you wanted to buy extra gear, you could. Okay. Um, the next one here is you get the option of a lute or another musical instrument. Um, and so... Um, in your case here, like, um, most bards, keep in mind, are mostly singers and, like, kind of, like, um, tra as traveling performers. Right. Um, so as, like, a gypsy dancer kind of... I want a tambourine. Okay. Let me take a quick look at something here and see if that makes any difference at all. Nope, it does not make any difference here. All right, okay. so we're gonna say, we're gonna say a tambourine. We're gonna say. And, and you also get just, you also just as a basic here, get leather armor and a dagger here as well. Okay. So I'm gonna go ahead and just put leather armor. Excellent. Okay. All right. So, you so yes, yeah, so you're gonna start off with a sword, sword, a dagger, and leather armor here. Um, now, one of the things you have here is what they call an armor class. Now, if you remember when we said um, the attacking phase is here, um, how basically you have their first role is that whether you dodge it here if you want to try to dodge an attack. Uh huh. Um, you might use your uh, wisdom or intelligence if you're trying to resist a spell. Um, and then your armor class, in the case here of a, a, of a melee attack, is if it hits you, does it do any damage to you? Okay. Um, and so your armor here is basically going to kind of decide that ahead of time for you. So let me go ahead and get to that table real quickly because Dungeons and Dragons is, anything, is, is not anything but a collection of tables. Okay. So in your case here, you have the ability to wear light armor. So basically, this is kind of like uh, padded armor, leather armor, or studded armor. Mm -hmm. You get a proficiency in this. Now, you could wear medium armors or heavy armor, but um, 
you don't you're not proficient in it, so you don't get any bonus. Plus, I'm not real strong, and I'd have to carry it, right? Yeah, that's another thing here. You might have to carry it here. Leather armor is just like a simple like ten pound sort of thing, and you can later improve it to like studded leather armor, so it's a little bit more stronger. Um, in your case here, it's a because you're proficient in, in leather armor, you're going to add your proficiency, which is plus two. Okay. Um, and then your dexterity modifier, which is plus three. And this particular armor class is 11, so uh, we're going to say your armor class is 16. So basically, somebody, if they hit you, has to roll higher than a 16 in order to, in order to actually start hurting you. They can hit you otherwise, but you're going to be like, but the armor's going to basically absorb that damage for yeah. you. So you're not going to have to uh, worry too much about that. But a leather armor here might be a breastplate or shoulder protectors of, of leather um, stiffened with uh, boiled oil. This armor is best for softer, more flexible materials. So typical of what a bard would probably be wearing is some leathers. Okay. Um, when we get to your, um, I'll add, I'll figure out your attack stuff here, because um, you get a um, how you figure out how whether you attack or not, and then how much damage you do all depends on your um, on the weapon itself, which will be in your case you can add to your dexterity to see if it hits or not, and usually in most cases here a hit might is usually you rolling against the dungeon master here, so you might roll. So your dungeon master might say, okay, you got to roll a, so you roll an 11, your dexterity is plus three, uh, plus you're using something you're, prof <coughs> you're using something you're proficient in, so you roll a 16. Okay. Because you're using a short sword that you're proficient with. Okay. Um, and then he has to roll something better than a, than a 16. So he rolls a four and it adds whatever he's bonuses it. He gets hit with it. Okay. And then you figure out the damage after that. In your case here, a short sword is a D6, is 1D6. So basically what you would roll here is um, 1D6, so you got a 6 here, plus your um, dexterity and your proficiency. Okay. So in this case, this would be 11. So I got lucky. Well, not only did you get lucky, you did a lot of damage to him. You might actually yeah. just kill him. I don't want to kill him. Well, depending on the enemy you're facing. If you're facing okay. some goblins, oh. you know, like... I do want to kill him. Okay, got it. Yeah. But if you roll the three here, you'd give about eight damage because your modifier... Because of your additional modifiers here. Okay. And I'm going to write down all your modifiers here as well. And then um, when they say... There's a sheet portion here for your saving throws. This is... Um, in your case here, if you wanted to dodge something, which would use dexterity... Uh -huh. You're much better at dodging something versus uh, taking it head on. Okay. Um, you also have a bonus to your constitution rolls here, um, but because um, with your proficiency, but because you have a eight in constitution, you automatic it's not a plus two; it's just a one, plus okay. one. So don't okay. yeah. So again, little stuff that'll make that doesn't make too much of a difference later on. Okay. So we got our weapons here, and then um, because you are a um, because you are a bard, you get you get a spell slot here. So you get um, to learn a spell of your choice here at the end of the day. Okay. Um, is there any sort of spell you think you might be interested in? Can I have a love potion? Um, 
see here. So mind you, there's a lot of spells here. Some oh, yeah. are, some sometimes some spells are dependent on, um, oh, cantrips. Okay, so there is a sp so you do get one first level spell and you get two cantrips. Okay. The cantrips might be. Um, oh, that's right, because I could do fireball. You could do a fireball, or, um, and, or in this case here, they do have a charm person. It's also the ability to comprehend languages, um, detect magic, disguise self, uh, fairy fire, which would be kind of like a fireball in your case here. Uh, I think I'd like to charm person. Okay, let me pull it up here real quickly. Let's go ahead and read up on Charm Person. The so Charm Person, a level of uh, level one enchantment, mm -hmm. uh, duration about an hour. You attempt to charm a humanoid that can see you within range. You must make a Wisdom throwing save. And does so with your advantage so if you if you or your companions are fighting it. If it fails the saving throw, it is charmed in by until the spell ends or until you or your companions do anything harmful to it. The charmed creature, regardless of your friends and acquaintance, when the spell ends, the creature knows it's just charmed by you. Okay. So essentially what you would do here is, um, as an example, um, let's say you were to... Um, you were in a fight with somebody else here. Mm -hmm. um, you might be able to charm him into not fighting you instead of fighting for you instead. Oh, okay. I so, like that. Yeah. I, th I think that'd be ideal for a uh, tiefling here. So I'm going to put that in charm. What is it called? It charm person. It only works on humanoids. Oh, so, okay. But so it like, won't work on an elf. No, elves are considered humanoids. Okay, it wouldn't work on an orc. They also considered humanoid. Okay. Any, any, okay, so basically, humanoid is anything that resembles a human in some way, shape, or form. Orcs, okay. elves, dragonborn, gnomes, dwarves, halflings—anything that's a player class is considered kind of a um, is considered a humanoid by nature. Okay. A non-humanoid might be like a wolf. Or a oh, bear, okay. or um, or something more nefarious here, like uh, uh, goblins and goblin. Another, another tiefling. Well, no tieflings are again the like tieflings again. Humanoid too. Humanoid okay. goblins okay. as well. Okay. Um, but non-humanoid might be a skeleton. Okay. Or an inferno, or a demon in this case here, or things like that here, which are okay. not human in nature. Um, okay. In your case here, because you're a tiefling that's a gypsy, 
charming a person might be ideal for you because you obviously don't want to fight anybody if you can avoid it. Not real strong anyway. Yeah. Well, but though again, but you're using your dexterity to fight instead. Okay. Um, so let's see here. So I want to do one last thing here because you said you wanted to try to grab like a cross, a hand crossbow, mm -hmm. which is something that you would be proficient in. So I want to pull that real quickly here. I have to pay gold for it, right? In this case, yeah. Okay. So in this case here, it's considered a marshaled range weapon. It's 75 gold. I only have 55. Yeah. Okay. So. So I'll have to earn my way to that. You might earn your way to it, or again, if you have a a, G, a dungeon master here who is malevolent, mm -hmm. this might be like something you stole off of somebody okay. as a result. So you have it with you. Okay. Um, and remember, like a hand crossbow is um, something you can use with one hand. It's not real big, so it doesn't do a whole lot of damage here. It does do a 1d6 piercing damage. Okay. Um, and it has a range of about 30 to 120 uh, feet. Okay. So. Cool. So as a malevolent dungeon master, I'm just going to kind of like add that in for you. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and... So part of the fun of this is also... Uh, let me just put this in. Let me put... Uh, crossbow. Hand, and I'm going to say 20 arrows or bolts in this case. Um, so that way we know how many times you can fire it. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and fill in the rest of this for you here with the stuff we've already talked about here. Okay. Um, so make sure, so I'll put all the numbers in for you. And we'll have a, we'll try to, we'll try to figure out here sometime this next week a chance in which we'll do a, um, we'll do a, we'll do a quest and an adventure. That would be lovely. So we can use your character and I know uh, my younger brother here will enjoy making one for you. We'll make a character here. Um, and so, let's see, I want to save this here real quickly. Perfect. So all these changes are saved. Perfect. So we're going to go ahead and uh, make, he'll make a character um, outside of this. And we'll go ahead and we'll have, a, we'll have a short little adventure between us. Perfect. Excellent. All right. So, uh, as you can see, this was a lot of fun here and a little bit more interesting, I would imagine. Um, but this will be a, one of our this will be our first thir three timer here, so we'll have three times for the same topic. Um, what do you think of the character creation? Okay, so so there's a lot to it. So so creating the character and using the t character are gonna be two different things because I know I'm gonna have to be referring to this sheet to remember what I can and cannot do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this, this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. No, and again, I mean, like, it's, again, I mean, don't think of, again, remember that Dungeons and Dragons is a lot like, again, Dungeons and Dragons, and again, is a lot like the, the lines in a road. They're just suggestions at the end of the day. Most people follow them. Um, your Dungeon Master, myself in this case here. I'm more interested in the story getting told and having people have fun than I am necessarily in the rules all the time. So there's a lot of chances in which when we play, I'm not going to be like the most ardent sort of uh, rule rule person here. I'm going to be more of a kind of like, yeah, you can do that sort of thing. Okay. I'll still make you roll for stuff to see if it works or not, but I'm not of the uh, opinion that... Um, 
I'm not of the opinion at the end of the day that like, oh my goodness, you didn't roll this perfectly. No, you automatically die. No, no, no. Okay. Or you didn't, you know, like, you didn't roll a 15 and you only rolled a 14. Yeah. Like, um, that's not typically how I've been a dungeon master before, so needn't worry about that. Okay. <coughs> well, this was a lot of fun. Yes. I like my character, except we didn't name her. We can, yep, you do need to pick out a name, and they do give you some ideas for names in here, actually. Do they really? Yes, a tiefling. Yes, they do have uh, names, or kind of, not a common name, but kind of like a parlance for names. Okay. Um, so if you look at the tiefling names here, um, and then your last, and so you get a first name and a last name. Now keep in mind your last name is more is less of a uh, house last name and more of a um, kind of a can be kind of more of a um, a thought or kind of a, a generalization of your of yourself here like so you might be Lysandra trickster or something like that in some cases here um, okay so I'm gonna be Oriana 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 um, and then oh your last name excuse me is your as a virtue so let's see uh, Oriana and then your virtue name might be like a chant, creed, despair, excellence, fair, glory, hope, kind of something that kind of describes describes you kind of at the end of the day. Um, you know, um, doesn't necessarily even have to describe you. It can completely be like misleading because you're a charlatan and deceptive. Well, I can be fair. Um, yeah. So I mean, like, so Oriana something. What, so my vir my virtue is supposed to be on my my last name. Yes, that would be your last name in your case here. Those are those ones are examples there, but also like they can also maybe lead you in the, in a certain direction if you see it. Okay, so despair. Gosh, my my gosh, no. Um, oh, fear is supposed to fear. Oh, I could be Oriana Glo uh, Glory. Glory, I like that. You could also be like Enchantress. Yes, Oriana Enchantress. I'm good with that. Okay, we'll go with that. Perfect. All right, so we got a name, we got a class, we got dice rolled and characters figured out. This is awesome. Okay, so next time you join us here, we will have played a game. Now we will record the game for everybody to listen in and enjoy on. Um, and depending on how long that runs here, we might be able to do the episode shortly thereafter with a friend as well so we'll have a person that's been doing this for a while knows this much better and a person who doesn't so that might be a good podcast here as well on sunday maybe okay um but for the meantime here we welcome you to visit us here at our website at nerdtutorialpodcast.com where you can see all the episodes um that we have we'll go through we'll obviously post the character creation and the final character sheet here for my mom uh, Oriana Enchantress Tiefling uh, Bard here. We'll post that online. Um, and we'll post uh, my little brother's character when he gives it to me. Okay. Um, so we'll post that online here for everybody to see so we know what we're doing. Um, and as well, if you want to let me know uh, any comments, questions, ideas, or future topics, you can always hit me up at, at nerd underscore tutorial on Twitter where I do try to keep some semblance of activity there. Uh, Facebook as well. You can visit us at facebook.com forward slash nerd tutorial podcast where you can certainly message me and I'll be certainly able to help you grab that information right away and get it back to you. 
Um, also, if you have any other just nerdy questions in general, feel free to ask. We have more than happy to share some insight. I know we have a friend who listens to the podcast who would like to know more about Marvel, or Martin. at least what what we have phase, planned. Phase four. Ba- phase four. I have not had a, still have not had a chance to watch the uh, Comic Con, which was this weekend in San Diego's Comic Con, which okay. is the big Comic Con. I didn't get a chance to watch the panel. I do know one of the things is there is going to be a Lady Thor, which is something I was expecting. Um, I'm curious how that'll come about, um, but I do need. To, but I still have also not seen Spider-Man: Far From Home yet either. So that's something I do need to watch to figure out where where we go from there because that is. Kind I'm of lo- like, I'm looking forward to that as well. Okay, so we can do that together here, and uh, after we finish with Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Cool. All yeah, because I, I watched um, the the last Spider-Man movie. Um, is that the the one that was kind of a CG sort of, or the one that was uh, where Peter Parker was somewhere else other than New York? Oh well, then I didn't watch the last Spider-Man movie. Okay. Well, we I watched know. a Spider-Man movie um, with Iron Man, and and he decides to be a, a just a friendly local. Spider-Man. Oh, so that was the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was the that was the first that was the first Spider-Man movie on his own. Okay. Yeah, so we can we can talk about that one here while we where we're at that one too. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for joining me here again, and we'll see you guys in again next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.